It's August 30th, 2021, and this is Diz Podopolis, where we talk about Disneyland, Walt Disney World, and everything in between. A dream is a wish your heart makes when you're fast asleep in dreams. Well, I want to welcome you all to another episode of Diz Podopolis, and this is episode number 46. And so we took a little bit of a hiatus this summer and we're coming back and we're going to come back strong by golly because I said so. <laughs> That's the return. <laughs> so why don't we all introduce ourselves. All right, Fiona, you want to say hi to everybody? We're at the this nose part. A big pink face, face monster keeps turning now everyone's televisions and computers. All right, Fiona. <laughs> what is that all about? Apple. Oh, are you trying to be Miss Piggy? No, oh. that was. Oops. Baby Gonzo. Oh, baby Gonzo. Okay, so. Oh. Gotcha. I have a little '80s tribute for you. I figure figured out watching the original Muppet Babies. Oh, is that it? So you have '80s trivia for us, or that was our '80s trivia? Well, I just want to give, give give out what I've been doing in the car. I thought I would give you another a, a '80s show I watched. Okay, so on the road trip, you were watching the Muppet Babies from the '80s. Yeah, so cool. I I found it on YouTube, and I don't I don't know if Disney Plus will pick it up. So. I've, I found it on YouTube and, well, so far, just made playlists for season one and, and two Okay. On, on YouTube, right here and here. Oh, okay. So you made a playlist on YouTube. Oh, yeah. So you got 13 videos. Oh, season two. All right. Cool. So you can find those on YouTube? Yes. And... Yes, it it was totally a show I would be watching alone because it's very sugary. <laughs> For a younger That's funny. audience. Yeah. 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 All right, cool. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like it's just one of those shows that just never stays animation. There's just live action footage by live action footage. So there's live action footage within the animation show, in the animated show, or yeah. Okay. It's like, like I like usually they took in like, like I know, like they took in footage from like like cheesy sci-fi movies and oh, horror movies. Gotcha. Oh, that's always fun. Yeah, and and I did remember that there were two episodes where they took in footage from Ghostbusters. Oh, nice. Might be some Ghostbusters. Cool. Well, Fiona says hello. <laughs> You're welcome. Brian, why don't you say hi to everybody out there? 
Hi, this is Ryan. Uh, glad to be back for a little bit. We've been on hiatus just for a time, but it's nice to be back. It is. It is. Yeah. So we kind of we kind of just kept missing each other over trips because we usually record on weekends. So that's how it goes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I'm Colleen, and I'm um, glad you can all be back with us. And uh, we have some like lots of really fun stuff lined up for the fall. So stick around. Yeah, and okay, okay, okay I want to keep going with my Muppet Babies. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> it had a very interesting cast okay like i know there i know i know the most the most member of the cast was uh frank welker okay who voiced uh, the baby versions of kermit beaker and yep you guessed it a female character miss piggy no no it it was (laughs) The character that has not gotten an adult appearance, Skeeter, Scooter's twin sister. Oh, all right. Her name is Skeeter? Yeah. The Skeeter and Scooter? All right. Yeah. So the the voice actors for the Muppet Babies were different than the adult actors because, yes, is that correct? Yeah. All right. And I I know we we said he has, I mean, he has voice in Aladdin, Abu, the Cave of Wonders. And Peg- Pegasus. Oh, so oh. he's kind of he's been a busy man. And two, um, two of the Beagle Boys and Ducktales. Okay. And yeah, it looks like he's also the current voice of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. There is a voice. I, Have they redone some stuff? I think. In, oh, there's an Oswald Lucky Rabbit animated series in development. Uh, but I think he also voiced him in the Epic Mickey games. Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. But some le- less, less, lesser known people. Th- this this guy, uh, uh, Greg Berg, mm-hmm. who did the voices of Baby Fozzie and Scooter. Okay. And there's not really that much he's done within Disney. I think okay. he's just basically done some like additional. Additional voices okay. for the voice of Baby Ralph, the dog, uh, K- Katie, Link. Link, Katie Link, and frankly, we didn't we didn't mention her in our Gummy Bears conversation because she voiced Sunny Sunny Bear. Oh, okay. And I know I know in Darkwing Duck she voiced um, Honker M- Muddlefoot. Okay. That's how it goes. Well, those were probably all in production at the same time, so they just pulled her over. And the voices of Baby Fozzie, or not um, Baby Animal, and uh, Bunsen Honeydew. Oh, Dave Collier. Uh, do you remember what Dave Collier's in, Ryan? Um, no, I don't. Full House Baby. <laughs> ah, gotcha. And the notorious guy that dated Alan- Alanis Morissette. Yeah. There you go. It's really, <laughs> not really that much he's done for Disney, but 
It says that he has been started started in Even Stevens. Oh, okay. Yeah, and here's the voice of baby Miss Piggy. Okay. Laura O'Brien. That's like that's like pretty much the only voice work she's done. Okay. But there was a member of the cast who was best known for doing Disney voices. Oh. Oh, we saved her for last. Yeah. Rusi. Rusi Taylor, and she was known as the current voice of Minnie Mouse, and I think recently she has passed away. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, a couple years ago. Yeah, two years ago she passed away. Yeah. Yeah, she was the voice of Minnie Mouse for 33 years. It's a good run. Gotcha. That's a long run, right? Mm-hmm. 33 years. My goodness. That's a good gig. <laughs> yeah. So I just I just thought it would be it would be funny because for me you know I'm still binge watching the Muppets. Yeah, who knew there was so much Muppet material for you to binge watch? I mean, you say there are Disney Plus and YouTube. Mm-hmm. And yes, yes, another say for Elias would hate me if I do this, but I want to be a Muppet baby. <laughs> What, for Halloween? Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Did you pick which one? Beaker. Oh, of course. Baby. Now, we've done the grown-up version. Now I have to do the baby version. <laughs> nice. I did find sort of materials. Uh-huh. That might work. I know All it's right. something that's never done before. <laughs> Thank goodness she's looking up things for me to do. Nice. I thought about, I can also work on it, too. Okay. Alrighty. Yes, I know. I Yes, I, Elias. I, we didn't mention Elias. is a bit judge, judgmental. and He's getting better. He's growing out of that. Yeah, so, I know. Like, no more. No more. Yeah, he's like, no more gummy bears, Muppet Babies, or Fancy Nancy, because it's target audience. Yeah, it's a younger audience, for sure. Yeah, but so, but this makes sense about mentioning if my paralysis is judgmental, because what I've been watching that's age-appropriate in the car mm-hmm. were um, Studio Gilby films. Okay, do you want to go over the Studio, uh, Studio, Studio, <laughs> Studio Ghibli um, information first, or do we want to do our question first? Let's do the question first. All right, so... Um, this, we're going to have a couple things in this episode. And, and the first thing we're going to talk about is Fiona's going to go over her Studio Ghibli list because she mm. binge washed all the movies for us so we don't have to. <laughs> it's going to give us a rundown of what she well, thought Well, because since, well, Kendra Smith told me about the original Muppet Babies, I had to go watch it. And since, uh, Diana, uh, Dana, our t- uh, animation Mendoza? teacher. But those that told me about the Studio Gilby films, I had to binge watch those too. Yeah, there you go. People influencing her, her videos. Are not life. <laughs> All right. Okay. Do you want to mention the question for the day? Okay. All right. So the so the question is, well, I, I will be a mother baby because I have okay, we're these, the, these dolls. My, Kermit and Piggy dolls. Yeah, so she's holding up her Muppet Baby Kermit well, and Miss Piggy. Well, from the so new, I know you can all the see new that. show. Uh huh. From the new show. 
Yeah. So, so the question is. The question is. We, later on, we'll be talking about the Disney art, art academies. Walt Disney Archives. Archives, museums. Mm-hmm. Traveling. Traveling. Okay. What would you like them to display next? Or what would, yeah, what would be the item that you would like to see that you haven't seen? A True. piece of memorabilia can be from um, any of the properties that Disney owns. Number good? Mm-hmm. All right, Fiona, who's going first? Who's on second? Who's on third? I'll, I'll let mom go. Oh, I get to go first? All right. So um, my husband and I, Jeff, we went to the Walt Disney Archives uh, exhibit while it was on, I think it was the last few days, it was at the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana, California. And we just happened to be there at the right time and the right moment, and we're able to get away for a couple hours and go see that. So there's lots of fun stuff at the exhibit, which we'll talk about later. And it runs the gamut. I think every property that Disney um, has purchased in the last 20 years was represented there. So there's a lot of unexpected pieces in the exhibit. But I think one of the things I would like, I'm just going to stick with the... Uh, Princess Leia Star Wars theme is I would love to see her outfit and her lightsaber. Actually, can I just put the outfit on with the lightsaber? I think, but Carrie Fisher is, is a tiny bit smaller human being than I am. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think I have about five inches on her at least. <laughs> so, and I'm probably a little bit bigger um, than she was, but I, I would love to just, you know, be that in the moment i think that would be pretty cool is that good sure because they they had some star wars memorabilia in the exhibit but you know nothing like that i think there's more recent stuff i think i'll go through it i can't remember exactly all right who's on second fiona what's on second how about ryan (laughs) well um i think i would like to see some things from mary poppins like I thought they kind of do, like from the Monterey's film. Oh, from the okay, yeah. What what have you seen? Have you seen any memorabilia from Mary? Poppins? Oh yeah, there was the outfits when they oh, go no. into okay. the Royal Dalton Bowl world. Royal Dalton Bowl. Yeah. I still want that bowl. Like it needs to come to existence. Yeah, that'd be great, right? No, I don't know why they didn't do that. Like that's to me. I'm like, oh, hello. Yeah. So you haven't seen things from the Mary Poppins. Oh, wow. No, uh, okay. I, uh, it would be it'd be cool to like see um, the umbrella. Okay. Um, and I, I mean, I'm kind of wondering if they had like you know like the physical toppings because that played a big role in the film. Okay. Her carpet bag, of course, shoes and hats and different things of, of the both the kids and the um, and the and Mary Poppins herself. Yeah. Did you watch? The Disney Plus episode, they did one on that story, right? The yes, one? they did. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, like it was kind of that. It's uh, prop culture. Yeah, and they did. Uh, yeah, they did. One the some of it was Mary Poppins. Yeah, they had a little bit, and it'd be kind of cool to see like some <laughs> some things like the horses, mm-hmm. the carousel, mm-hmm. like in real life. I mean, yeah. not like just on, not like on TV, but go get to go see them somewhere. Anyway. Yeah, and they did. They did have a couple of pieces from the original Mary Poppins. Yep, they cool. did. All right, Fiona, 
Okay, my my turn. So I've been looking up image. Yeah, I looked at mom's images of the various outfits they done, and this is reminding me of I met with this Disney YouTuber, uh, D Disney Dan, and was was recent videos he says is like ver various characters that that have that have populated in person appearances throughout the years. And and I I I know I know um it, one of my mom's pictures was it was like the reference outfit for Pinocchio so I I would like to see more of those like like from Sleeping Beauty well Maleficent Aurora from like El Eleanor's looks and like and from yeah and like lady tremaine y you get what i mean mm -hmm. or even like the blue fairy yeah so you want to see the reference materials that the animators used for the rotoscoping of the disney features is that is that true yes yeah right so um i don't know if everybody knows what rotoscoping is but rotoscoping is is when the animators would bring in a li live action um actor or actress to play the role and to get an idea of human uh, motion because it's very it's almost impossible to draw a person running without having a still of actually every single motion that people do but hey and, this is a mansion for animation oh, oh what sweet you mentioned animation no, yeah I mentioned it yeah animation. And I, I don't know if, it, if it's one of the things you study in art history is you watch people and how they portray horses and how they saw horses running before they were able to film horses. And you will see a big jump in the anatomy of a horse in a painting once they're able to uh, film a horse moving and they can break down its motion and see how mm. a horse runs. And when they were doing that, then it became much more realistic in a painting or uh, when they would represent that horse because they really had a misconception of how a horse ran because it ran so fast. They couldn't see how the legs were moving until they could do a still photo of that. So yeah. it's, it's interesting. It is how so much of our eyes like skim over things and we're un unable to break down the motion without the reference. So I I think yeah I I did like looking at uh like photos and tiny bit of footage because it's almost like they were doing a a play sort of a bit, but but it's like oh they're doing all that acting because people are looking for them and draw them. Right, they would have a, someone stand in as Aurora. And the prints, so they could see their dancing and their motions and how their arms and their legs work. Because together. you know, back then they didn't have like you know video recording phones. They <laughs> <laughs> no, didn't have video recording phones. Now Real it's digital yeah. device. I meant. Right, right. Today it's so easy to get a video of someone moving. <laughs> so true. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so you want to see a lot of that those uh, outfits. Yeah, because yeah. I think it tells more time. Right, okay, yeah. Because a lot, it's a big history lesson, right, of the Disney Animation Studio? Mm-hmm.
All right, cool. All right, so before we jump into our main subject for the evening where we're going to talk about the Walt Disney Archives exhibit that happens to be traveling, and it's right now it's in Graceland, uh, which is in Memphis, Tennessee. Yes, the Graceland where Elvis Presley uh, died. <laughs> And lived. Book to bed. <laughs> oh, yeah, from that party you just had yesterday. Oh. <laughs> okay, total side note. <laughs> uh, my husband and I went to a wedding uh, yesterday, and they had a Johnny Cash slash Elvis Presley impersonator, so I know you're all super jealous. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so we were showing Fiona a little video from our wedding reception. He was good. He was a good imp impersonator. So, and he gave a lot of the women. Um, he went around and gave them Hawaiian lays, so, <laughs> which I thought was nice. I got skipped over and didn't get a lay, but I actually took that as a compliment. So, because <laughs> I will. All right. So before we jump into that story and talk about Graceland and the Walt Disney Archives exhibit. We are going to talk about uh, Fiona's been watching moments of the My Studio Ghibli, and she's going to rank the movies for us. And there are twenty three movies. Uh, that's a lot of a lot, a lot of binging. Well, it's lesser than the Disney animated movies. Well, yeah, yeah, but they actually put out a, quite a few movies. So when did the company start? It was in the nineteen eighties. Do you remember Fiona? Well, I think it was. Further than farther than that. Oh, before the 1980s. Yeah. Okay. So, when would when did their first movie come out? Well, not movie. Just oh. I think it was like random shows. Oh, so they would have shorts. Oh yeah, it did start in the 80s. Yeah, 1985. Well, they 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 I I did saw imagery that they did talk talk about like team ups with 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 other Japanese studios. Oh, absolutely. That makes total sense. A lot of times people will collaborate on a piece. Yes, and why are we talking about Studio Ghibli on this Disney podcast? Why are we, Fiona? Because Disney used to have a relationship by dubbing their movies. So they had a relationship where they would release the movies in the United States. True. Okay. All right, so Studio Ghibli, yes, it's a, a Japanese corporation. It's in Tokyo in 1985. It was founded. I There's a lot of interesting kind of rumors, and then they'll come out with something, whether they were going to close down or not. Because yeah, it feels like, yeah, that, that's what a bunch of people who are into art kept saying. Right. Well, okay, I'm going to butcher this name. Everyone, please forgive me already. So the founder and the pretty much the creative genius behind Studio Ghibli, uh, Hayao, Hayao uh, Miyazaki, um, he's getting up there in age. I think he's a couple years younger than my dad. So he's older than your dad, um, Ryan. Yeah. So, and you know, once you get into your your late or middle 70s late 70s uh just your pace slows right your functioning slows you're mm -hmm. more um i guess introspect introspective you kind of and you understand that too like you i you're talking with my dad uh my dad's 80 and he's like he just he realizes he's slowing down and it's okay and you know just very methodical about what he does and how he speaks now uh, more than he used to be. Uh, I mean, still sharp as attack, just 
you know, just a little bit slower, which is perfectly fine. Um, but he 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 was feeling because we were watching a couple documentaries. Uh, luckily, I found the English closed captions for. Fiona. So warning: these are in Japanese. So <laughs> turn on your closed captionings. I went upstairs and she was watching the documentaries, just all in Japanese with no subtitles. And I looked at her like, I bet since they're this is for an, an English audience, I bet there's some subtitles because to usually, these. Usually the documentaries I watch that relate to like my favorite studios would be in English. Because they're usually US based. So yeah. I found the closed caption for her in the English subtitles. And you, so she can- yes, you found the words. <laughs> well, well. Oh, he smokes too. <laughs> oh boy! But they do it. There's a lot more smokers in Japan than you would you would think. Like that's culturally very acceptable still there. So that'll slow you down. <laughs> Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's fascinating to me. Yeah, if you go over, uh, I I think because we're so immersed in our culture and how it's really looked down upon and how we've really tried to discourage it because of the health risks and everything. We don't realize that in a lot of other cultures it's still very socially acceptable and a lot of people smoke. So uh, we need to talk about my opinions. All right. So now we're getting to Fiona's opinions of Studio Ghibli rankings. And she would like you all to know these are her opinions and her opinions only. But there might be some certain films that may go on the very bottom and may go on the very, very top for other Gilby fans. Right. Everyone has their genres that they enjoy more. Now, Ryan, quick question. Yes. What have you seen of Studio Ghibli? Much? Uh, Not much. Um, Okay. just one but i don't i would have to kind of look it up what's the one movie i'd have to look it up i heard you so i've seen parts of some i don't think i've sat through a whole one but i'm the master of satting through almost anything but you really yes well you really enjoy anime sure anime is not i mean i like the artwork i enjoy looking at it but a lot of times it just is a little slow I mean, me. it's a bunch of skippy parts. It's a, it's a different pace than what I'm used to. Yes. Ponyo. Oh, okay. yes. That one. That one. That's the one that I've seen. Sorry, I had to look it up. <laughs> I've seen, I think I've seen Castle. What's the one? The Castle cast- in the Sky. Castle in the Sky. I've seen Castle in the Sky. But you were like, I'm done with it. It was a lot. It was a lot to watch. And it's. Oh, some of it. I know they base these off of stories and books. I think most of yeah, them. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah, and I, I, I haven't read these books or seen them, so it's a little. But I do recognize one story they okay. based around it. All right. So, are you? Are we starting at the bottom? Yeah. Okay, twenty-three. So, my opinion: twenty-three, ocean waves; twenty-two, tales from Earth Sea. Okay. Too boring for me. Too boring. <laughs> and number brutally honest. Number twenty-one, earwig and the witch. Uh-huh. I just thought they tried to be like something else, like Netflix, and I didn't like it. So they kind of turned away from what they were known from. I saw some clips of this. So this was more of a three D animation, and it lost a lot of that artistic, uh, hand drawn feeling to it. It was very 
round, very smooth, like too smooth. Mm. Yeah, and it it this is the is this the last the latest one they've done? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I said my top three I would not watch again. Right. Okay. So so those so those are the top three you would not watch again. Yeah. All right. And number twenty. Number twenty from up on Poppy Hill. Okay. Nineteen. The wind rises. When the wind rises, which was an airplane movie, they they did because Gilby means inspiration from like Italian and airplanes. Right. Those are two things he likes. Oh, because we were going to mention right. Why is it called Studio Ghibli? And Ghibli is actually an Italian word. Uh, it means hot Sierra wind. So, you know, we're Italy, you know, is over there in the Mediterranean. So the Sahara goes in Africa. And that's the big desert and the big hot winds sweep up from Africa and go up into Europe. And so the, Italian, the Italians have a word for that wind. Okay. And my neighbors, the Yamadas. But Yamadas? Buf- I think. Buffering word. Okay, and so you kind I of just, group these three together. I just think they are still slow, but I would watch them again just just to get the history. Because I feel like the, my name is the Yamanas. It felt like a package film. Like, it was just a bunch of stories. Oh, okay. Cool. And that film does use a different art, art style. Okay. Is it a later or an it's earlier It's like film? Water, watercolor, almost represent to a children's drawing. All right. If you can look it up. Mm. Oh, I'm looking it up. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I haven't. I've. I haven't heard of any of these. Any of these. Oh, there it is. Okay, this was in 1999. Uh, there's. Sorry, you can see. I'll look at, I'm looking up the images. Oh, so it's. Oh, I see. So it's very pastel. The colors are very um, translucent. Almost looks like a comic book. Yeah, that's true. It looked like like little comic strips mm-hmm. they would have done in Japan. Gotcha. Yeah, definitely. And next up, number 17, The Grave of Fireflies. Number 16, Princess Mononoke. I turn on like so. Oh, say it again, They kind of fell on my favorites because it felt like they were hard to watch because I say a lot of gore and death. Well... I mean, it's kind of the grave of the fireflies sounds morbid. Yeah. That's like, ugh. Okay, so there's a lot of gore and death. So not for the kiddos. Mm, yeah, I don't know if I would show this these movies to a kid with autism. But oh. Grave of Fireflies, they did got a 100% Rotten Tomatoes. Which one? The Grave of Oh. Yeah. Really? Okay, why wouldn't you show it to a kid with autism? Well, I said there's body parts fall- falling apart. Oh, body parts. Oh, people falling apart? Oh, chihuahuas. <laughs> it's true. I mean, mm. I'm assuming that that's what happens in, in when people have done those stories. Okay, so you think this would be very upsetting? It is a upsetting movie. Oh, yeah. Wow. It looks like a, like a war. Like a wartime movie. Hmm. Yeah, but Princess Mononoke is the one where there's just a bunch of body parts coming apart. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, jeez. 
Oh, wow. Well, like you said, when we mentioned some of the Hunchback of Notre Dame, anime can get a little bit gory. Oh, yeah. So they were kind of competing with that. And for 15... or Oh, yeah. So The Grave of the Fireflies is based on the late days of World War II. Story by, oh boy, Akayoki Nosaka. So, and they used animation to heighten a harrowing realism. So, yeah, because it, it looked kind of, yeah, it's rough. That's rough. Definitely for your maybe middle schoolers. It might be like a good one when you're learning about World War II. If it got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, like a different perspective. Because I know we focus a lot on what was happening in Europe and not so much in the Pacific. So, it might be a good one for that. Yeah, and... Number 15, this is an interesting one, Howl's Moving Castle. Uh, I didn't really top this that much because I felt like there was a bit of a mixture with the protagonists. Like, usually when they they do their movies, the protagonists are, are like teenagers, preteens. But this one was, yeah. And it shows the life that it, it, it could be nice, like... Being, being an old, old lady. Oh, so the protagonist in this one is, is an older... Turn into an old lady. Oh, okay. Good to know. Gotcha. And this is the one where I, I've i recognized the story. Okay. The tale of Princess... Kaguya? Kaguya. 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 Okay. Happy mm. beginning, but slow story, which space around the story where uh, uh, a princess was getting birthed from a bamboo. All right, so this movie uh, was, a, is, was done in 2013. So this is one of the later one, The Tale of Princess Kaguya. So uh, what were you saying about Fiona? Yeah, it's about the story where a princess was given birth from bamboo. All right, a tiny nymph found inside a bamboo stalk grows into a beautiful oh, it's a desirable young woman who orders her suitors to prove their love by completing a series of near-impossible tasks. There you go. This is another sad one. Oh, okay. Well, that's too bad. It ends. It doesn't end well? Well, well, yeah, because she had, she had to be separate from her parents. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. And number 13. Nah. Nasikaka, Nasika, Nasika of the Valley of the Wind. Okay. And number twelve, twelve Castle in the Sky. Number eleven Poco Rosso. I rate these nostalgic of them, but could get they're they're very relaxing type of movies. <laughs> yeah. And it's a lot of sky themes, and Poco Rosso was another airplane themed movie yeah that i watched castle in the sky i think you know, i mentioned earlier uh it it's interesting there's a lot of floating land is what i was getting kind of it's funny because i wonder if that's where they got the idea for pandora like the floating rocks because there's a lot of oh. floating things that shouldn't be floating <laughs> in these anime it's a little hard to follow the castle in the sky story too for me yeah. This is 1986 movie. All right, what's next, kiddo? Okay, number ten. These are my top. Okay, These so now we're in the top ten. ten. Okay. 
You recommend so, seeing these? Only yesterday. Okay. Inspiring backstory. Inspiring backstory. Pompokyo. Pompoko. Which is about a tanuki family. Creepy, but with fun ways. I like the... Okay, you gotta tell me what creepy means. <laughs> there, there was a lot of inspiring with them dealing with their monsters. Oh. Okay, so there's monsters in that one. Yeah. Well... Well, about the raccoons in this film, they have the ability to transform. Okay, and Whispered of the Heart. That's number eight. Another inspired backstory. Okay, why is it an inspiring backstory? Because I think it's about you get a lot of inspiration from any antique shops, and you end up doing writing a story, but... Hard moment in this movie. This this girl never never stops, never stops writing because of her grade, because of her grades, and almost never studies for her schoolwork. She writes a lot. Well, like yeah, physically she, writes? she writes about there's this cat bear baron 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 statue that that has a backstory and knowing whatever happens to the bear, bear baroness, uh, you can look up the film. Okay. Be- well, because of a certain grade she wants to accomplish uh, after in the antique shop. Okay. okay. So number seven, when Mar Marlene Marnie Marnie was there, full- yeah, I think this was a very, very good one. It's full of mysteries. It could could be one of my top favorites, but it does have a sad backstory. And number six. This is one that's been favorite with most people. Spirit Away, another creepy story. Another creepy story, but this and one was okay. Oh, it's got that. Um, oh yeah, the the it's kind of like a black sheet, and then the white kind of Japanese style. And, and he, yeah, no faces, face. theater faces. And she masks, and that secretly has a mouth. Oh. If anyone has seen merch of this character, yeah. So, so we mentioned that Spirit Away. I have taken some elements from like Alice in Wonderland and The Wizard of Oz. Okay. Like not exactly them, exactly like them, but almost similar. Oh, so the the I think the character's name is uh, Kao Nashi. Is with the black sheep and the white Japanese theater mask. Yeah, and number five, the, the cat re- returns. A great eccentric story. And eccentric. Eccentric. Okay. Yeah. Some people think this was like a spinoff with, with Whisper of the Heart, as it has the similar cat character. Yeah. And th- th- this is one I remember seeing be released. I read. Ariti? Ariti. Ariti? It's about the movie about the, the little people. Oh, yeah. They they featured that on, on uh, Disney Channel. Yeah. I think these this one is, is perfect for a kid. Yeah, what is that based off of? Uh, the, the Secret World of Ariti. Uh, the story of a family of borrowers. A tiny race of people who live within the homes of ordinary humans. There you go. And for my top three, I would watch again. 
my neighbor Totoro, Ponyo, and Kiki's Delivery Service. And raking make me feel like a kid. So those are more um, geared towards children, do you think? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, there you go. All 23 movies. <laughs> All right, so you good with that? Any more comments, Fiona? Yeah, so, yeah. I've read that. I do have feelings that, yeah, Disney was, was trying to keep keep their knowledge within Studio Gilby before before they they lost the rights with the with the studio like for their mascot Totoro they did they they did easter egg him as a as a plush in Toy Story 3 but got absent in the fourth and Toy Story 4 due to their loss with the license yeah they lost their distribution license all right all right, Ryan, do you have any questions? Mm, I don't think so. Pretty straightforward. All right. So if you want to know how I watched them all, go to HBO Max. Well, <laughs> the only film I didn't saw them pick up was Grave of the Fireflies. So I watched that on Apple TV. Okay, so all of those are available on HBO Max? Yeah, except wow. for Grave of the Fireflies. Good to know. Okay, in the Grave of the Fireflies, I think we had to rent that. Yeah. Yeah, we rented that one. All right, thank you, Fiona, for doing all that research for us. Awesome. Okay, you guys ready to learn all about the Walt Disney Archives exhibit? I know you are. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm very curious what that place was about. All right, let's check that out. Now it's time to head way out west for a little patch of heaven. I know a place pretty as pie Where the river bend hits up with the end of the sky it's left in Nebraska and over a crest On a little patch of heaven way out west Everything's green, know what I mean? All right, so um, now we're going to start talking about the Walt Disney's Archives exhibit. And this exhibit uh, debuted at the D23 Expo in Japan in 2018. And then it headed over to the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana, California. And quick fact, that's where I got married. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan was there. <laughs> I was. I was there. It's really just the cutest little uh, museum. It was built specifically to be a museum to kind of represent the Orange County area as, as it was changing as we we're going into the new century, the 20th century, not the 21st century. Uh, yeah. It was land donated by a couple. Uh, I'll do a link to explaining more, but a couple, they had a farmhouse and they, you know, they tore down the farmhouse, which always makes me sad, but they did build this beautiful uh, tr kind of stylized 
hacienda so you have like the courtyard and the grand staircase in the when you walk in the entrance gates and then you have behind that is the traditional they still have the traditional uh, early orange county museum representing all the cultures that have lived there uh since for the last ten thousand years so um that's sort of thing and then on the right and that's what i saw when i was a kid too that's the bowers museum i went to as a child and then in the 90s they kind of built onto that and turned it more into a world cultural museum because people in orange county started you know making money and were able to collect objects from all over the world and they would donate them to the museum so they have a really nice uh, polynesian exhibit they'll have a lot of uh Things come in from, I think they have one from Taiwan right now, uh, some from Italy and, you know, South America. So there's a good kind of mix of cultural stuff, which is nice for kids to go to so they can kind of see what's happening all over the world, not just locally. And it is very representative, very representative of the demographics of Orange County, which is very, very diverse, very lots of multicultures mixing in Orange County. So it's a really fun museum. And uh, my husband and I were there. Jeff were there for a weekend. We were going there for a wedding of one of our... Oh, yeah. So I'm at the point where my friend's kids are getting married. These are the weddings I'm going to. <laughs> I know you're all jealous. <laughs> and so we were going to our, our friend's daughter was getting married. And we were able to have a day to ourselves. So we went to the, the Bowers Museum to see it. And luckily... I kind of you know that yin and yang thing going on so luckily they extended this show into this year so it ended um on june 20th of this year 2021 and uh, now is currently moved to the graceland exhibit center and will be there through this year until i believe january 2nd of 2022 and yes, okay, so this is Graceland. And yes, this is Elvis Presley. <laughs> so the family, I'm guessing, I don't know, um, maybe Priscilla? I'm not sure at this point. But they've kind of developed some of the land into a big, big exhibit hall that they have there. So it's actually in the exhibit hall, which is across the street from Elvis Presley's house in Graceland, which is in Memphis, Tennessee. Gotcha. Yes, okay. and you will pay for everything. You will pay for parking. You will pay outlandishly for soda pop. <laughs> okay. Um, you, and But the one thing is cheaper is the exhibit is actually cheaper at the Graceland Exhibit Hall because they don't have uh, an additional museum charge. So at Bowers Museum, it was $23.00 to go in because you had to pay to enter the museum and then for the special exhibit. And at Graceland, it's just the exhibit, so it's only $15. And there is a D23 discount on that mm -hmm. and in both of the places, like if you're a member of D23. And also, if you are a member of NARM, which is the North American Reciprocal Museum Association, so if you're a member of, uh, so it's, it's our local, it's the Witty Museum is our kind of our local cultural museum, history museum. I guess we would think of that to, traditionally as the history museum. 
Uh, if you remember that, they mm -hmm. might be, they might, they were, they could be a member of the Bowers Museum in Santa Ana. And so if that's true, then you get into the museum for free and then you would only pay to see the special exhibit, which would be $13. And just a pro tip on things, if you're <laughs> like us and you travel during the summer, check out your local museums and become members of them. One, it's always great to support the local museums because, you know, especially after this last year, uh, you, obviously their budgets are quite down because their funds were quite down from visitors, but also because they have all these great reciprocal programs. We are a member of the local uh, history museum, which is the Witty, uh, the local art museum, which is the San Antonio Museum of Art, and the local zoo, which is the San Antonio Zoo. And usually zoos, you get 50% off at the other zoos in other cities. Uh, and then the other ones you usually get into free or there's a discount. Like you get two people in free and then you have to pay for the rest. So it's always great when you're traveling to check that out to see what kind of reciprocal programs they do have. That's my pro tip for the day. Oh, okay. I like that tip. Yeah, because we just did, we went to the East Coast and um, we got to go into this really great maritime museum in Maine for free and then we got to go into this really great whaling museum they had in Massachusetts uh, I think we only paid like ten dollars to get into that one and so it was nice it was really it took it really helped our budget on our trip because once you because there's five of us <laughs> it, gets, it gets pricey because if you go to a museum you're like well it's only ten dollars per person but that's fifty dollars once we're done so that's like a big yeah. chunk. And if you buy a membership, like the Witty Museum was $100 for a membership. So if you go to the Witty and then you went to those other two museums, it's, you're basically, you've, you're getting, you know, you've paid for it plus some. So definitely something to check out. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I love that. Uh, it would be kind of fun to almost take a trip to Memphis just to go see it. Yeah, I mean, Memphis is a great city. Have you been to Memphis, Ryan? Yes. I love Memphis. They got great food. Great food. Amazing yeah. food. Um, Graceland yeah. is is pretty cool. Uh, just to kind of go. They have a great audio tour, so you just do the audio tour. Uh, it's a little difficult with little ones to do the tour you kind of can't really listen to the audio and watch your children at the same time <laughs> but it's fun to walk and see the crazy rooms that elvis put together there uh, they yeah. have a great zoo the memphis zoo has panda bears so two thumbs up love me some panda bears oh of course who doesn't love panda Gosh, bears they're just so darn cute Probably not one of the best designed animals. <laughs> they need a lot of help to survive, holy mackerel. <laughs> but they are pretty darn cute. Oh, they have like a little island you can go to. And it kind of, I think, I don't know if it's open right now or not. It kind of fluctuates. Um, and it's kind of like a nice little history museum on an island that you have to take a ride over to get to. That's cool. Gus's Fried Chicken's from there. If you don't know Gus's Fried Chicken, then you need to learn about Gus's Fried Chicken. That's all I'm saying. Have you had Gus's Fried Chicken, Ryan? Mm-mm, I have not. You need Gus's Fried Chicken. They have it a- It sounds, I love fried chicken. Yeah, so it's a little spicy. It has a nice okay. little kick to it. Okay. They have a place in Austin 
I think they're originally from Memphis. And so they have a couple of places. So like if we go to Austin, we have to hit Gus's Fried Chicken for sure. And um, my favorite story, because we took the kids, we took only Fiona and Adia been to Memphis, but we took the kids to Graceland. And my favorite story about Fiona at Graceland is Graceland, uh, Fiona got her own special VIP tour of Graceland that nobody else gets <laughs> because she decided to go under the rope, run through the family is room. This is back with my Elvis house talk. Yes. <laughs> We were in the first, we were in the entrance hall and we let everybody kind of go out and we always stay in the back. And so Jeff and I were there and this is why I tell you it's very difficult to listen to audio tours and watch your children. I had Adia was in a little pouch on the front of me and Fiona was just kind of mulling around the entrance area and she decided she'd had enough of this and went under the rope on the right like we walk in the house there's a room to the left room to the right and stairs in front of you she went under the rope on the right through the family room through a doorway which was like another seating area turned left and she was gone yeah speaking of panda bears yeah i don't know what's why do everyone loves them there's just gonna be merch of them later on what panda bears yes <laughs> why are they good for mascots who has a mascot of a panda bear? Uh, every almost every Halloween, I see someone with a p- panda mascot head. Oh, oh! They make the panda hairs that heads that you wear on top of you, your head. Yeah. Yes, yes. So back to Fiona. So I guess Fiona had made it into Elvis's kitchen. <laughs> so I looked at because I had Adia on the pouch, so I couldn't really hop over the rope or go under the rope. So I sent Jeff in to go get her. So he went in and fetched her. And we kind of just like looked around. You're kind of, at that point, you're waiting for someone to come and get you and throw you out of the house. Because you're like, certainly they have cameras or something set up and they just saw this crazy family <laughs> like running through Elvis's house. No one said anything to us. No one knew it happened. And we just kind of kept on our mosey little way. And your dad held your hand the rest of the time. And that was, that's, that's our best member from Graceland. Yay. Do you remember doing that? You told me many times. I know. But I can always picture it in my head. I think you were like smack dab on some chair just laying face down on it. I right? mean, still, I would, run, I would still run around in museums. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's a few walls in museums that almost came tumbling down because of you. Oh yeah. Oh, it's like it's like a film studio. No touchies. Yeah, yeah. You'd be pretty dangerous at a film studio. That's for sure. I I think I would be no. I'll I'll know what to not do. Well, you just can't touch anything, and you like get tired, so you lean on things with that are not permanent. That are just being held up by a couple of sticks and some scotch tape. You, you you knocked over one museum setting, I remember one time. That was in Santa Fe. Yeah, that was really loud. Someone came running for that one because that was loud. She knocked over like a metal bowl. <laughs> I love you in museums. All right, yes, yeah, so go to Memphis. Memphis is totally awesome. And But you know, we saw it at the Bowers Museum. 
Now, I'd say like my overall, like if I had like my big overall of the museum exhibit, it's a, there's a lot of pieces and some amazing pieces. And they were well organized and put together in groups that made sense. But there's a lot of open space, which was interesting to me. Like there would be a room with just a little bit in it. Strange. Okay. So when you're walking down the hallway in to go to the museum exhibit, they had this really cute Dumbo kind of prop that may have been in one of the stores. It looks like that kind of prop kind of hanging from the Yeah, ceiling. it kind of looks like, it, yeah, it would be at one of the downtown Disney stores. Yeah, a little prop I, I totally, to, totally think you took that picture for me. <laughs> and they actually had the the Disney Plus show playing prop, pop, prop culture was playing on a couple of screens. Oh. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I thought that was neat, kind of showing. It's a good show, so I could totally see that. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's fun how they travel all over the country looking for things. Because you don't even think that they're that scattered, right? You think... Right, yes. Someone surely, but no, no one did. Yeah. So you walk in, and there's like a... A picture of that really famous picture of Walt where he's in that the house where he had the cottage, the Snow White cottage for his daughters in the backyard. Um, yeah. So he's in his hallway and then they have the silhouette of Mickey on the wall mm-hmm. in yeah. the house. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. That That's nice, nice pose. Well, that was all my awesome pose. There's me. I, I mean, you look standard. I look standard. <laughs> but I think dad just looks like a dork. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> What's with the like the finger? Oh, he's doing he was doing the same hand gesture that Walt Disney's well, doing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He's being a dork. So and then so you walk in and on the left is actually uh, Walt's desk is there. And then they ha- kind of have like the cupboards with his uh, memorabilia and little, um, uh, what do you call it? little chotskis on it. The figurines mm-hmm. of all the different characters are on it. And then they had um, on the wall across from that was a video. Um, or, oh, Becky Klein. Have you heard of her, Ryan? I have not. Okay. I think I have. Yeah, she took over uh, for oh, oh yeah, Dave Smith. Oh yeah, Dave Smith. Yeah, I think I heard about his death back, right. back in 2019. Right, he kind of retired and then died, but I don't think he was doing well. I just think I just think a, a dying in your 70s just feels too late. I mean, too early. Too early, my bad. Yeah. Yeah, because my parents are, and Ryan's parents are in their 70s. Becky Klein took over for Dave Smith when he retired, and she had been there quite a while. So they, she kind of has like an intro video that she's running. But this room was very open, like a lot of space floating around in here. And then, uh, and I think they're trying to kind of give, give the idea of an opening space. And then they had a vignette set up with um a a lot of measuring tapes and uh, other cartography equipment 
that they used, I think, when they were plotting out Disneyland. So that was kind of the beginning. And then they had a doorway that took you down a smaller hallway that was kind of alluding to the idea that you were actually walking into the Walt Disney Archives building on the studio lot. Like, they're trying to give that illusion, that feeling. And they even have a, like a little sign that says, welcome to the Walt Disney Archives Quiet Police Research Area. So they're trying to give that vibe. And then you see, which I want, I want one of these so bad. You see one of the original um, animation desks that they that uh, Walt Disney had designed, especially for his animators that was in the studios. I want one of those so bad. Yeah, I mean they're they're beautifully made and very functional too. Yeah, they're gorgeous. So it's the the Kim Weber Compact Animators Desk. Yeah, it's just the way they had storage on both sides and storage up above and had the turning circular disc so they could put their little drawings on there and line them up with and it's backlit so they can go from one drawing to the next and then this room was really strange because that was kind of at the end of the hall and then you turn left into this room and they had like one table in the middle on the right wall they had a couple of couple of cupboards and then the wall on the left they just had an image of representing books that you could find in the walt disney library at the studio so this, this room was really strange because there was not a lot at all in this room and a lot of open area. So, and a lot of it was ephemeral things in this room. So a lot of paper, um, kind of scattered menus from restaurants, drawings for comic books. Like none of it made any sense. It was kind of just all over the place. And then, Ryan, yeah. there was a snow, the snow globe from Mary Poppins. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's totally cool. So, you know, there's no water in it, but you could see at the bottom they had the little birds. I don't know what they're made of, but the little white birds, they're very stiff. I'm assuming they're made of some sort of metal, just the time period, you know? Maybe not. Maybe ceramic? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, and and I did, I did saw this at the normal Walt Disney Family Museum. They had, like, their lunch menu. Yeah, they had a cafeteria menu from Walt Disney Studios. And, of course, it had Disney characters all over it. <laughs> so it's really cute. Too easy for me to look at it over and over again. Right. Yeah, and they had, like, it was from the Wonderful World of Disney when they when they op- o- opened an episode. Right, so this is the next room. Um, one thing, I mean, like, I'm telling you how they had, like, all these, like, weird little pieces of... Um, nostalgia paper comic book things and you kind of had to like really sit there and look and decipher what everything was and what everything uh went to because like i said like you had all this and then on the corner they would just have the snow globe from mary poppins and you know it's a small cabinet completely morphed by this big room and you know you go oh well that's cute look at that (laughs) And then, uh, so this room was kind of that little, there's like little treasures and little nooks everywhere when you're going through here. And that was that room. And then we went into the next room. Let me kind of get 
Okay, showcase it showcase many different parts of the collection of the Walt Disney Archives, what they're responsible for. Uh, the displays were flush to the wall, like they had built these cabinets, so uh, it, you know, the glass was looked flush to the top and the bottom of the wall, like they had built all these false walls to hold all the memorabilia in, and then they would have glass cabinets in the middle that were you know raised up to put the memorabilia in so in here you kind of they kind of highlighted some of the toys so you had a charlotte clock clark sorry charlotte clark mickey and minnie dolls do you know, you know who that is ryan i don't know who she is but oh um... yeah i think those dolls were displayed in was it england no in epcot Oh, those are Stife. Or Germany. That's and Germany and Epcot. Yeah, yeah, you're thinking of the Stife dolls. That's different from this. Yeah. Yeah, but that's what you saying that name reminded me of. Right. I think they copied some of her designs. So Charlotte Clark was the first uh, woman who had approval from Walt Disney uh, to make and sell Mickey Mouse plushes. Okay, gotcha. So, and she created the templates for them and she kind of had a small little enterprise going for a time where she made these and sold them and they weren't they weren't cheap when she made them so there weren't like a lot of them and they're very very valuable to a lot of collectors obviously and, and they're not really in great shape because they were played with <laughs> yeah yeah which they should be but she also made a, i think it was a bambi also, so she kind of continued with them and would des help design. I did remember templates. Dumbo and Daisy Duck. Oh, yeah, that was the Stife, right? So Stife has, in the German pavilion in Epcot, because Stife is a German company, they've made, uh, recreated some of her designs, and they've created some of the new designs for some stuffed animals, or plushes, sorry. So she started doing this in 1931. And they even kind of, re yeah, they released dolls that are in that style in 1990 and in 2018. And then the Stife ones, too, is a different set. Those are really expensive. Like a Stife plush probably sells for about $400. Mm -hmm. And also in here, um, they had the carpet bag in this room from Mary Poppins. Oh, that's awesome. So you get, got to see that. Wow. Right. And they had the blocks, the Mary Poppins box. That Jane holds up Mary Poppins. <laughs> so that was cool. And they had, um, I think Fiona mentioned it earlier, they had the ro rotoscoping um, outfit for Pinocchio, for the actor that played Pinocchio, for them to um, learn some of their movements for, for the animation. And then it kind of turned into a lot of wall art. A lot, a lot of wall art from the movies. So a lot of background images when they had to do all the paintings. So a lot of um, Ellen Shaw stuff going on. Oh, cool. Right. So you had like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Yeah, I, I, think, I think this is why I put Kiki's Delivery Service on my top because it's like another, it's a witch movie, but I don't think it's counted count for Halloween. Uh oh. Oh, Bedknobs and Broomsticks? Is that what we well, mentioned? Well, I, I, I meant, yeah, Bedknobs and Broomsticks and Kiki's delivery service. 
Oh, okay. So, because there's a witch in Bedknobs and Broomsticks, so that kind of triggered the Kiki's Delivery Service. <laughs> Sorry, but I don't <laughs> think they're Halloween movies. No. Oh, yeah. No, Bedknobs and Broomsticks is not a Halloween movie. <laughs> Some people would, would trigger it on their list. All right. And then they had movie posters also. It was kind of weird. Some of the... I, I guess... I guess they were trying to put something in there for everybody. Right? <sighs> We'll go with that. <laughs> so uh, this room was was probably the last room where it was really Disney up until the 1960s. So Walt's still alive, I think, is what we're gotcha. aiming for here in this room. So everything he still kind of touched and was involved with. And um, this one had a lot more to look at. In the beginning, and then the second half, you know, like there's a lot of just paintings on walls, and it was one, so you kind of just walked from one to one to one. And then this room had a doorway that exited, and you looked straight on into something you would have seen at Disneyland. I'm not, I, I didn't grab the date on it, but it was one of the store window displays, a snow white one. So probably created for one of the re-releases of Snow White would be my guess. Gotcha. And I love that. I think that was probably one of my favorite things at Disneyland when I was a kid was the store windows, like walking down. The I love. I still love the store windows um, at Main on Main Street and stuff, especially when they're animated and stuff. I we haven't I haven't been there in a while, obviously because of COVID. So when hopefully they're still doing something like that, but. Oh yeah, and I remember. Remember they would trade change them out for all the different movies. So like when Jungle Book. They would re-release Jungle Book or The Rescuers. All the windows would be The Rescuers scenes. Mm -hmm. I think Pete's Dragon. I think they did some Pete's Dragon windows. Gosh. Mm -hmm. 1970s. Gotta love it. (laughs) That was your decades. It was. That was like, that's my my years of innocence, right? My childhood years of innocence. Mm -hmm. First eight years. You betcha. Then all went downhill from there. 1980s (laughs) middle school and high school (laughs) yeah and many cartoons you avoid the watch well i was getting too old for cartoons yeah and that's why i had my little muppet babies talk (laughs) (laughs) and then yeah so we saw the the snow white display and then you turn the corner and it was really disneyland eccentric for a little bit for a little bit so you they had a whole haunted mansion display uh, with the three, we had the three ghosts at the very end when you're Phineas, in the mausoleum. Ezra, and, and Gus. One, like one of them sticks with you to the end. They actually had names on them, which I thought was interesting. But the three ghosts. And then some of the gravestones that they aren't using anymore. They had there, so that was cute. And then here come the costumes. Oh, my Lord. So many costumes from so many movies. And they're in (laughs) just a crazy random order. Like, no rhyme, no reason. Modern, old, years. All over the place. So Annette Funicello is very tiny. (laughs) Uh, This was when I saw this image. I was like, I think it was like Beauty and the Beast looking 
Oh, you thought the, that the, her outfit was be Oh, the one, because it's the the white one, right? Yeah, like it the white looked coat. Like, like the snow outfit Belle weared. Yeah, yeah, it's very reminiscent of that. And like I, and yes, we did caught some references that might have got the idea for, for being a beast in Babes in Toyland. Yeah, with I, yeah. Annette's outfits. I love how they had an outfit from Babes in Toyland. Like, how incredibly random that, is that? that? Yeah, and... Well, not the outfit that looked like the blue and white dress. No, it was really, it wasn't, yeah, you didn't, like, looking at it, you wouldn't have remembered it was from Babes in Toyland either, which is the kicker. <laughs> and then they had the Tron one. Did I send you a picture of one of the Tron outfits, Ryan, or I just texted you? Yes, okay. yes, you did. They're quite spectacular, really. They are, and they're just so darn tiny. <laughs> They were tiny. They were tiny act- actors. I just, because I'm not that big of a person. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not. And I look at those and I'm like, I, I don't think I can get in that. <laughs> so the legs are so tiny and I'm not a big person. Welcome to uh, Arita's world. Oh, Arita's room, the the. The land, land of the small people. Land of the small people. I'm not, a, I'm not from the land of the small people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you... Okay, so, like, a reference. Like... Okay, so if you look at Friends, like, a lot of people thought I was Phoebe from Friends because I have the blonde hair and everything. And I think I probably, like, the, close to her build, even... And, like, Monica, the girls, you know, so Courtney Cox and Jennifer Aniston, they're, like, tiny people. Like, 5'1", five, 5'2", five, maybe, and very thin. And then Phoebe, um, oh, gosh, she's a bigger, like, she's probably, like, 5'6", five, 5'7", five, my height, maybe. And then a little bit bigger build. But, yeah, you look at something like Annette Funicello, she's a tiny person like Jennifer Aniston. Just the tiniest little person. Maybe even... Yeah, it's hard to say. Probably about that same build. So it's just so funny how tiny they are. Yeah. And then, like, the Mary Poppins. They had outfits from Mary Poppins Returns. So Emily Blunt and Lin-Manuel Miranda's outfits. I could probably wear Lin-Manuel Miranda's outfit. (laughs) Not Emily Blunt's. And then they had, then so you had like the whole line of walls of, of outfits, which were fun to, they are, they're fun to look at. And, um, but the next room they had a lot of uh, props. So you had things from the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse props. And you had mm-hmm. Tron, I think you had the computer from, uh, was it from Tron? Darn it. Or wear tennis shoes. The computer wears tennis shoes. Yeah, from those. And it's so archaic at this point. It's so funny to look at these computers. Oh, yeah, right? I mean, to go back, (laughs) you know. Gosh, what was I watching? And you're like, that's what they thought the future was going to be? Oops. Oh, okay, so this is such a, this is so bad. This is a horrible movie because it's just hilarious and ridiculous. But for some reason, RoboCop 3 was on. And they're showing, like, the futuristic computers. And it's just hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> like wow we got that wrong like really really wrong because everything's boxy and 
you know, smaller, but they had no idea how small the world was going to be, you know? And then we walked into what would have been Mike, your husband's favorite part. So you had the Ford Model T from the absent-minded professor, the Volkswagen. Oh, that's cool. I know. I know. I love those. Love those. That's awesome. I know. And this is where, like I was mentioning to my dad, and this is where you get in a big discussion with my dad. I'm like, oh, we saw the Ford Model T from the absent mind professor. Hmm, was that really a Ford Model T? Let me think. <laughs> I'm dad, dad, they wrote on there Ford Model T. I'm not making this stuff up. <laughs> my dad's like, hmm, was that an A or a T? <laughs> I love my dad. And then there was the Volkswagen bug from Herbie, which mm-hmm. who doesn't like that? And I think I sent a picture to a text of this one to you. The uh, one of the Fords. This is where you just lose me on cars from Ford versus Ferrari. And so this is where you kind of got some of the 20th Century Fox influence into the Walt Disney archives. Okay. That was there's a few pieces like that, but. Gotcha. That car is so tiny. The Ford versus Ferrari car. Like, it's scary tiny. Like, I don't want to ride in it. No. <laughs> like, you claustrophobic? Yeah. I mean, I like to drive big vehicles because it, I feel safer. And who knows? It's all psychological and I don't care. It's, <laughs> but, yeah, it's just like you're so close to the ground. And there's just not a lot on the top. Yeah. But that's great for like motor enthusiasts. So like I said, they had a little something for everybody. And then the last area that they showed was kind. They had a facade of the the current Disney Studios with the seven doors holding up uh, the roof, you know, the little pillars holding it up. And then they kind of had a recreated Disney Legends. So they had the handprints in in the cement. Kind of around, which is super fun uh, to kind of see how big people's hands are. I'm always fascinated. I have larger hands, so it's always fascinating to me, like, where my hands land up on the world of famous actors and actresses. (laughs) Right. From the Great Movie Ride, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like they have in front of the Great Movie Ride. I think they have, um, like, when you become a Disney legend, they also do your hands in cement and they have that at the Disney studios. So that's kind of just like an overall view. Like on, on the Disney site, uh, they, they point out different things than I did, which I, like I said, like people are going to do that, right? They're going to find things that they like. So you had Jack Sparrow's compass from the Pirates of the Caribbean. They did, they had costumes from, uh, Beauty and the Beast, the, you know, the live action one, obviously, uh, the, the recent, no, was it? No, it was Glenn Close's outfit from 101 Dalmatians, so the yeah, the older you, version. You were going for Cruella almost, yeah, right? Right, Cruella DeVille, who's, who was played by Glenn Close. And then they did have some 20th century outfits. They had the red dress from Pretty Woman and the Walk the Line Johnny Cash movie, which are obviously 20th century Fox movies. Uh, Davy Crockett's ra- uh, raccoon skin cap, which is totally cool. Oh, and this is another 20th century. Wilson. Wilson. Away. <laughs> Wilson! That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, you are a toy. 
I can't do Tom Hanks. Well, it's hard to do Tom Hanks. He has a goofy voice. Yeah. And they, oh, they did have the ride vehicle from. Yeah, Toad's Wild Ride. Toad's Wild Ride. They did. Uh, they Oh, here you go. The sword from Zorro. So that's cool, too. And the uh, magic bed knob from Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Totally cool. And I totally forgot to tell you, they had the prop storybooks. You know, the ones in the beginning of the full animated features? Uh, they had the one from, like, Snow White and the Seven Drawers and Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty. And they're huge. They're ginormous books. They're like, like I'm holding uh, my hands up. Can't you tell? They're this big. Oh, yeah, a lot of conversations, even even though animated Disney movies can't have a bit of, a tiny bit of live action at, at the beginning. Doesn't count them as animation slash live action films. Oh, because they have the live action. Yeah, the books, books. intros. Right. And they have the oh, so from the great movie ride, they had the alien xenomorph prop figure. So they had that there, and the electromagnetic shrinking machine from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <gasps> And Lumiere and Cogsworth props from the Beauty and the Beast live action. Like almost like like stop motion CGI. Mm-hmm. And the Dead Man's Chest from Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. <laughs> and the Cargo <laughs> Queen model boat from Congo. Ju- Congo Queen model boat from Jungle Cruise. Right, like one of the the models they used to create the big one. So it was a small one. So it was fun. It was is a fun exhibit. It's it's you know the Bowers Museum is a great location. Graceland uh, is a fun location too to go and see it at. Uh, yeah, I thought it was in Memphis. I thought it was an interesting place to put it because um, it's a small town. It's a very small town. It's not really big. It's right along the Mississippi River, and it's quite a it's a drive from Nashville, like four or five hours I think, which is you know. A much larger city in Tennessee. But yeah, no, I think I, it was, I'm really glad we got to see it before it left. Uh, you know, it was supposed to end uh, the the previous summer in 2020, but because of the close down and not being able to open for so long, they just kind of pushed it back until they could get, you know, people had the time, the ability to go see it, really, because there wasn't a lot of time before it opened and closed so quickly. You have any questions, Ryan? How do like so for you? You saw a lot of stuff. Aww. Like, um, <laughs> what would be your? What was like the just when you saw it? Like, the one thing that just kind of like blew your mind. Oh, blew my mind. Um, you're just like, oh gosh, because there's a lot. I know there's so much. Um, I'm really glad I got to see the Mary Poppins snow globe. That made me happy. Yeah. Such a beautiful it's scene. A very, mm-hmm, it really is. Amazing. Well, the I'm glad. Peter Ellenshaw paintings and the music. Well, I'm glad one movie I, I, I finally saw, The, the Rocketeer. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had his outfit there. Yes, the Rocketeer outfit was there. So that was cool. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've never seen Rocketeer, and we finally saw it. I I'd seen another movie, Bird, Bird 
man. Condor man. Condor man. I saw Condor man. And I think because I saw that, I wasn't interested in seeing Rocketeer. <laughs> yes, you almost didn't think it, 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 it would be good or not. Yeah, I don't know. It came out in a weird time. I was kind of college working, so it was kind of weird time. Did you have, when was the last time you saw Rocketeer, Ryan? Uh, not too long ago, oh, okay. maybe like a month or two. Oh, okay. So you've seen it recently. Did you see it when it came yeah. out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I did. Okay. And it was all over MGM. Oh, well, uh, I do that. It was MGM Studios at the time. It was all over Hollywood Studios. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it would be. Yeah. Well, not all over, but they had certain pieces <laughs> here and there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm trying to think. Um, there's kind of like one thing in every room. I mean, I want the desk. Can I just take the animator's desk? Am I allowed to do that? Um, like if I had one thing I wanted, I'd want that desk. I know it's crazy, but that's what I'd want to take with me. And the, I, I, I think the most, I think the most fascinating and most sentimental thing I saw was the storybook prop for the opening of Snow White. Cause I'm like, that kind of started everything, right? Kind of set mm-hmm. the stage. Yeah. I mean, it's the opening, right? I mean, you just kind of like, and it's so big and it's there. And you're like, oh, that's so, it's so, uh, that, that I'd want to take home with me too. They'll let me do that? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. That's not a problem, right? There's no alarms. I really like the bed knob from Bed Knobs and Broomsticks too. I'll take that. No one will miss. I could totally replace that. No one would even know. I was such, it was such a mush pot of things. It's really hard to say, oh, I, that, or, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it was all over the place. I didn't need any of the 20th Century Fox stuff in there. Like I, I mean, I mean, it was kind of cool. Disney owns Fox now. Part, yes, yes. Yeah, the Ford car was cool, but I, you know, pretty woman's dress. I was kind of like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it was nice for mom to, to show, oh, we got some Muppet stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was like Muppets most wanted. The, um, Like wanted po- posters. The wanted of, posters of, of, that were on somebody's desk the, in one scene. The various main characters. And and the Jim Henson D- Disney Legend Award. Right. Yeah, because we made sure we texted her. That was it. Like... You, you really had to pay attention at what you were looking at because it, you know, everything, you really, it was like a hunt and search kind of thing. And you were kind of surprised, like you'd be walking by and you're like, oh, what's this? And you go, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> okay, cool. And it's very unassuming the way they presented everything. Like the Muppets, the thing that we sent her, the Muppets Most Wanted, little wanted posters, they were like on the bottom of a cabinet, kind of spread out in the corner. And so you really had to kind of look and focus at everything in there to, to find that something that, that it meant something to you, right? Uh, like, the yeah, Most Wanted posters don't mean a whole lot to me, but Fiona's like, oh my gosh, Most Wanted posters! <laughs> And then, you know, I would see, like, the modeled Ford T, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I love that movie. And 
you know, it was just it was fascinating the way that it was all it was all presented. And usually a lot of museums nowadays there's a lot of imagery behind the image, a lot of background information, a lot of language being presented and it's not that type of exhibit at all. It's very simple uh, just small explanations of what it what it is and then you're filling in the rest with your imagination and bringing that with you that you've seen this movie and you know what the setting is for this this image. It's very quiet way to to experience it. Yes. So I enjoyed it. And I highly recommend if you're in the south <laughs> and kind of in an area near Memphis to go over and see it. Like I said, we said when we talked about Memphis is a really fun town, great food, good weekend trip, definitely. Mhm. Oh, it sounds like it, it would be a, I mean I I would recommend going to Memphis. Yeah, and I would definitely I don't know if you can buy you always check the way things are changing constantly before you plan your trip make sure you understand how the tickets are working like if you need to a time to go in to see the exhibit re reserve that ahead of time because it's so ebb and flow right now with everything uh, i've noticed yeah. things are running a little fuller capacity so we didn't run into any problems when we wanted to go to any museums on our latest trip but you never know how things are going to change yeah just check for times yeah. make sure you can get in when you want to get in uh, kind of look and see what people are saying on the websites like if you need to get there early if there's lining up happening for these things so i would definitely keep checking those out and regularly checking your times but other than that i think i'm good so of that exhibit ryan what do you want to see besides the mary poppins stuff because we got that down Doo -doo. Yeah, we got we got the <laughs> maybe the cars. I'd like to see some of the cars. I think that would some that would be fascinating. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. All right, Fiona, what yeah. would you want to see in person? Oh, I thought yeah, I was just saying, another costume was there. Uh, Show me like a, it was Judge Doom from from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh yeah, they had the Judge Doom outfit. I tell you, it's just like cropped prop. There's a four hundred and fifty items. That's what you need to know. Four of it, so it's a lot. Yes, there was a Judge Doom from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yes. Did we send you a picture of that one, or did you see it on my phone? Yeah, it's all on my phone. All right. Yeah, and there's one, and there was there was the mall of the Wayne Pooh from the Christopher Robin movie. Oh yeah, they had the 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 plush from there. The the it was from the new one, right? Or is well, it from the opening scenes? Well, I, f I think it was from the most recent film, Christopher Robin. Okay, yeah, that was a good movie. I really like that one, Christopher Robin. We did a podcast on that one. Yeah, go check it out. Check it out, baby. Yeah. All right, we good? Sure. I'm good. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Dispodopolis. And now it's time to say goodbye. You ready to, to say goodbye, Fiona? Company. I think oh. I would like to say goodbye and pay my respects. Okay. For, She's a little more information that for, she would like to share. Um, um Rosette. Rusty? Rusty Taylor, who, who was 
known as the current voice uh, was known as the current voice of Minnie Mouse and I don't think I mentioned who she voices in the original Muppet Babies uh, Baby Gonzo yeah and, and DuckTales Huey Do Dewey and Louie and and Webby Gale Webby and yes who's who's their is she their sister or their cousin I think Huey it, Dewey it was Louie. a nephew of their She's a niece. Niece, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yes, the Cinderella sequels were my childhood. Yes, so they were. she voiced Fairy Godmother, Drizilla Tremaine, Mary the Mouse. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> and the countless. Countess. Count Le, Le Grande. Le Grande. <laughs> She's big, girl. And. Beatrice and Beatrice Daffy. And Daffy. Daffy. Mm hmm. Oh, she voiced Willow, Tweet, and the Fox and the Hound, too. Uh-huh. She's done a lot of voice work in Jake and Neverland Pirates. Yes. That was yeah. a fun show. Yeah, she did some voice work in Sophia the First. Okay. She voiced the Nanny and Lucky in a 100-year-old Dalmatians storybook. The nurse, a nurse mouse in Rescuers Down Under. Okay. A young Donald Duck in the new DuckTales show. <laughs> and yes, she has done voice voice work for Studio Gilby. So she did the English. The English dub, yeah. Yeah. Um, Uma the Umatama and Palm Poco. The, the Tanuki family film. But I guess it's appropriate if I say this because Disney and Fox now she has done a lot of voice work for The Simpsons, mm -hmm. so Shirley and Terry and Sherry and Terry, Shirley and, Terry and Mar Martin Price, Prince, Prince, and it's, I would totally say Price for his name, <laughs> and and Wil Wilton, Wendell, Wendell, Bear, Bear, Borton, Borton. Yeah, she's on a lot of. Um episodes yeah definitely and yes i did not see her death coming well she was in her 70s yeah she was older but still pretty young and still doing voices yeah but she did mostly i say her primes were probably in the 1980s with the disney corporation yeah so nowadays Minnie mouse is voiced by this lovely lady caitlin robrock Brock. Who uh, I know she voices her in the current Disney Junior shows and the Disney Plus series, The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse. All right. So Fiona wanted to kind of finish that about when we were opening up and, and give her the respect that she felt was due I, to I her. Think, I think she was a grand Disney legend. Was she a Disney legend? I don't know. Well, I mean, Minnie Mouse. The voice of Minnie Mouse. You would think for popular. 33 years. Yeah. Yeah. And and yes, speaking of speaking of death, someday in our next podcast we will be talking about how our vacation was well dying to be listened. <laughs> uh. Gravestones or graveyards. Yeah, yeah. And now and yes, I just turned ni nineteen this this year, and I know age nineteen kind of feels like. The death of my young. F Youth. Oh, <laughs> a little dramatic there for us, Fiona. 
Just kidding, I know. Uh, that, that would be funny if I was like camera boys. <laughs> Die at age 19. Alright, do you have anybody you want to say goodnight to? Oh yeah, I know. I'm going for my college. And anyone who's who's teaching me for for my art uh, animation class. Oh yeah, so we just signed up Fiona for her two college art classes, right? Drawing one and 3D animation. So you want to say good night and good luck to those teachers uh-huh. as we start in good the new year. Good night and good luck to those teachers. Yep, and that starts on <laughs> August twenty third. Good luck. <laughs> Should be interesting. Things. It looks like they're gonna start out on Zoom for a couple weeks and see how it goes, but. Hopefully we'll get you in mm-hmm. class soon because those are art classes and they're much easier when you're with a professor. Yes. Yeah, so CGI class. Yeah, should be fun. Should be a yeah. fun semester for you. Even though, well, yeah, the male teacher said, would you think about doing a Netflix series? I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I prefer not to because it feels like Netflix half of it holds up stuff that my brother does not like. All right. So you don't want to do something for Netflix? No. All right. It's just, I, I don't really watch it often nowadays. All right. And you can reach Fiona at Fiona at uh, Toad Girl on Twitter and Instagram. All right, Ryan, why don't you say goodnight to everybody? Well, good night to all of our listeners and good night to my Aunt Dolores and to my mom. Thank you guys for, t- for tuning in. And um, you can reach me at Ryan Flint underscore EDU on Twitter. Yay! All Yay. right. <laughs> and my name's Colleen. And I'm going to say good night to Aunt Lynette and my mom. And to uh, all our listeners that make it through these podcasts. God bless you. Um, <laughs> I think there was a lot of childhood talk we did at the beginning. Yes, you did. <laughs> and that's okay. That seems to be a running theme through many of our podcasts. And that's good. And you can reach me at Toad Girl on Instagram and uh, Twitter. And we will be seeing you guys real soon. Stay safe and uh, tell everybody you love them. Have a great evening. Oh, baby! What is that? I try to do Taylor's impressions. Oh, Ru- Rusty, Rusty Taylor. Yeah. What, what impression was that? It was, was Baby that? Gonzo. Baby Gonzo. <laughs> Everybody needs some Baby Gonzo in their life. And you can reach Dispodopolis at uh, comments at Dispodopolis. And we are on Twitter and Facebook. And there's our YouTube and we'll be trying to get some more stuff up there for y'all. And did I say Instagram, Fiona? Uh, well, I said Instagram then. So Instagram. Instagram. All right. <laughs>
Dispodopolis is a EFA Solutions production. All music and interviews remain the copyright of their respectful owners and are being used under the Creative Commons license law. All other content remains the copyright of EFA Solutions, LLC. This broadcast is not affiliated with Disney or any of the Disney properties, and the opinions expressed in this broadcast belong to the hosts and guests.